Hey, I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Noble Ackerson. And welcome back to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Noble. Wow, we seem we're we're seeing a lot of each other these days, which is good. I know. Might as well just become part of the family if I'm not already. You're already, you know, we're all of our guest hosts are part of the family. That's we Mark and I are very, very firm in that belief. Awesome. Thank um you. thank you for having me. But you know, we we spent a bunch of time together at Voice and AI. Uh, it it feels like it like just ended, um, but it's been it's actually been a little bit of time between then and when we're recording. This. Yeah, it, oh, wow. it's been a week. Wow, seems like I know. But it was it was it was a pretty. I I had an amazing time. What did you uh, What did you think? I you got a lot of for some reason nobody we're talking right before the show started nobody really approaches you to give you kudos <laughs> uh, but they filter that through me because I'm the nice one or at least the approachable one so you know people came up after, we'll talk about this after our live um, uh, two voice devs show. Uh, I guess uh, on stage there, and and um, after the fact, I got one LinkedIn message, you know, giving you a lot of praise, um, and and how you 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 sort of organized and how you provoked good conversation in the crowd. So I'm I'm glad the crowd liked it. So yeah, so one of the things we did was we did have a, a two voice devs live and in person recording, and once that uh, once that recording is made available to us, I will. Uh, release it as an episode, so stay tuned for that in the the next few weeks. Um, we got a couple of good questions there. I think we had a good conversation. My favorite of the questions, if I can recall, was one about latency uh, and audio. Yeah, uh, that was an interesting one. That yeah. that kind of tied things together. That was pretty good. Absolutely, it was it was a voice conference after all. Yeah. You know, and, and as much as I like to think that we were kind of like, you know, this center of the show, um, there was a lot of other things going on. So Absolutely. so what else did you what else did you enjoy from the, the show while you were there? What else oh, did you, now, did you and you also spoke and I also spoke. So that's right. So I have to admit, I wasn't part of the pre-conference stuff. I literally swooped in, uh, gave my talk and swooped out. But in between, I did meet uh, a lot of old friends, made new ones. Uh, I actually got to, a chance to speak to a couple of people as to what they liked about the show. And on the last day, uh, apparently Pete Erickson, um, the, 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 I guess the founder of Modev, which runs this conference, gave a very uh, impassionate keynote uh, about you know, that really inspired a lot of people. So I would implore anyone listening or watching uh, to look out for some of the videos that come out uh, of the various tracks. Um, there were, I believe, like a generative AI track, uh, prompts, a lot of, a lot of policy, yep. policy type things, because this is DC. Uh, there was a lot of strategy. There's a lot of voice, traditional voice stuff. I met linguists, which is amazing. Um, See, and I find that funny. And I love that um, because, you know, 
I've I've been working with the linguists now for for a few years, right? And meeting them and talking to them at these conferences, and it was fantastic uh, watching you and Micah uh, really hit it off when when I you know when the two of you encountered each other after your presentation, right? That was that was fantastic. That was amazing. That was amazing. And that was Micah was one of those. Uh, I have to share to your audience who may not have been at your talk, Alan, a funny (laughs) that happened with Micah. So, um, you know, for those who've ever been to a conference, you show up, you're sitting in the crowd and the speakers sort of just, you know, doing crowd work, I'll call it. Uh, you do that very well if anyone has seen any of your talks, Alan. And there was this sudden moment where we heard a disembodied voice. And it was a female voice. Uh, and it came over the PA system of sorts and uh, was asking. The person seemed to know who you were, Alan. And you, I, it took me way too long to figure out what was going on. But apparently that was, who was that? That that was Micah. That was Micah. And <laughs> and for some reason, the audio system for the two room we were we were in adjacent rooms, right. but the audio system for the two rooms were interconnected. So everything that she was saying was showing up in, in our room, and everything I was saying was showing up in her room as well. Um, and that led to to a fascinating few minutes of conversation. Before things got, they didn't even really get straightened out. We found a a workaround. The the audio team found a workaround. Actually, it wasn't even the audio team that found a workaround. It was the the videographer found a workaround. Mm -hmm. And I have been told that there are several recordings of this exchange between us, which we will make available at some point when we can. But, you know, I think what was great about it was that Mike and I have known for a number of years, we don't agree on everything. Um, but we value each other's perspective and opinions. And there is almost no other circumstance where you would be able to get the two of us to share a podium and share a presentation. But here we were. That's great. Hey, you did ask what was one of my, the the talks that I actually did go and I just remembered, um, outside of the hilarity of your talk and your talk was fantastic as always. Um, there was a talk on privacy and GDPR, and anyone who knows me knows I'm a policy wonk. One one of the few people you know who actually loves working with attorneys uh, in order to deliver software that doesn't, you know, you know, screw up, blow up the world. Um, and coincidentally, Alan, that's actually how I started my entire career. I dropped out of college to go work for then Governor Warner. That's right. Uh, we, we've discussed this before. Yeah. And so that's, I started out as a confidential assistant to policy, tech policy, uh, as my role. And I, it just, that evolved into me, into where I am today. So I have a, an affinity for regular, you know, the intersection of regulation and technology. So I, yeah. So so what did so what did the session kind of what was the interesting bit about the session? 
So the session was titled, and I'm cheating here, I'm, I pulled it up. It's called Addressing Privacy and the GDPR in ChatGPT and Large Language Model, uh, Models. That's, and that's a and serious issue. I mean, we've seen, issue. We've seen uh, OpenAI have some problems in Europe because in, of this. In Italy and other places, exactly. And the speaker was one um, Patricia Fain, I believe. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, she's a CEO and co-founder of a company called Private AI. Uh, I've never heard her talk before. I did not know who she was, but I'm now a fan. Uh, but she knows her stuff. Uh, and and I thought I know my stuff. <laughs> but that's certainly not, you know, you know, I've not really um, been a student of the intersection of privacy and large language models. Um I have my opinions, but she's a very uh, learned um, order in this in in, in this um, sort of area, and so I I was very sort of uh, and you know taken by what she had to share there. So that's another topic, uh, Alan. But I'd like to flip the table to you. I've spoken too much. What did you love? Well, so I think the first thing that I really loved about this conference in particular was kind of what we were touching on before were the the people. I mean, it's what I love about most conferences is, you know, the ability that are the hallway tracks are the, you know, reconnecting with people who you've been working with for the past year. And now you get to see them in person and you, you get to say, Oh, that's how tall you actually are. You know, I've been looking at your shoulders up for, you know. <laughs> you um, actually got a comment like that. I got a comment like that, you know. <laughs> um, but it's seeing people and meeting new people. You know, it was fantastic when um, Heidi Culberson uh, came over at one point with someone else in tow and introduced her to a bunch of us. And this was a, a 16-year-old who took the day off from school, not just to attend this conference, but to present at the conference. Wow. And, you know, so, and she was now, you know, meeting a bunch of other people who've been in this industry and learning from them and expressing what she's excited about. And, you know, so that was wonderful. You know, all of these things, the meeting new people, the the reconnecting, all of that is just always um it's always exciting. And those are kind of, that, that's what I get out of it more than anything else in a lot of ways are just, you know, kind of sitting down and understanding what are you doing? What are you, you know, what are you trying to understand or what are you wrestling with? And if I had to pick a presentation that I attended that I enjoyed the most, it actually probably would have been yours. Oh, really? Um, yeah. No, okay. I think, you know, I, I do kind of wish you could have uh, elaborated a bit more or kind of, you know, you were you were rushed. It was clear you were rushed. Right. But I really I, I think you kind of put together this notion that we know raw LLMs have problems. They're they're not sources of truth. We know this. And you started laying out that structure for well, okay, what do we do about it? You know, and right now the the big one of the things that I, I kind of had a sense of going in, but really got a sense of is that, you know, everyone is talking about uh, retrieval augmented generation. Right, Everyone's right. talking about it, that, you know, that was literally the big solution there for everything. And and it, you, you want to 
dive a little bit deeper into why that is? Well, I mean, I, I think I feel like it boils down to we don't trust LLM. You know, LLMs hallucinate. Right. They're, they're not to be trusted, but we could use them as a tool. And I feel like that was kind of the point that I was bringing out is, you know, they're not a solution. They're a tool. Um, is the sort of thing I saw others talking about. And you kind of said, you know, it's a tool and here's how we start to evaluate that tool. So I feel like, you know, those were the those are the topics that I was really the most interested in in seeing is how all of that got got put together. You know, how 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 people are thinking about it and how the presentations were reflecting that sort of thinking. Today I gave a talk at um in DC, I went back to DC uh, to give a talk about. Now, to be fair, you to be fair, you don't live that far from DC. I know, I, I right next door. Um, and this format was different from the voice and AI talk. Um, it was a, an ignite talk, so I had five minutes. You want to say rushed? Man. But I had five minutes to give. You know, I think I found the missing pieces on how to sort of give this, you know, get my hypothesis out. And so just for those who've not heard me talk about why large language models are an unreliable information store, this is essentially it. That if you were to type into Bing or Google today uh, or Yahoo, whatever your search engine is, you type in your name or you type in a fact that you know a little bit about, and you found that the information wasn't accurate, you had a lot of avenues, you have today a lot of avenues to rectify that. Um, if it's your name, uh, you can file a correction with Google directly. If it is something public relations related, let's say you are, are a celebrity, and something was not factually right. There's a whole cottage industry of right. you, you know, you do things like you update Wikipedia, you put out exactly. your own web. You know, there's tons of things, you know, we we tons have of ways of, of trusted sources right. that we can the, handle. The notion that enterprises and companies would say, Wow, this thing is powerful. We want a chatbot. So lift and shift, quote in quotes this these modalities into the enterprise or into your startup in order to solve a specific problem is terrifying. It's terrifying because these things are probabilistic. They're not consistent. You can test a hundred scenarios and red team a hundred scenarios to protect your your prompt uh, or at least your system from doing something random. And your users, once in their hands, will find a hundred and one, like one more way uh, to break your system. And right. it's out of your hand. And it's out of your hand. You know, I feel like that's the the thing. You know, and you know, given spoiler alert, you know what you're talking about, what you're focusing on, your presentation, your forthcoming book, or about is well, what do you do about that? What do you do about that? So right. you know, a lot of lot of great stuff. Did you you know? One of the the interesting things I thought was that there was a the vendor floor was right in the middle of everything. Did you wow. you know were any vendors that caught your eye that you thought were particularly interesting or you know um, oh. significant for you? 
So there was a, I discovered, um, I rediscovered a company out of Charlottesville, Virginia called Willow Tree. They're a traditional shop where they sort of build software and all that stuff. And I had, I had to rediscover what they're doing these days and they're doing some pretty impressive stuff. So shout out to Charlottesville, Virginia, UVA, Central, um, company called Willow Tree. I went to an event, uh, like a, a session hosted by Vox and they, they came prepared. They had like tote bags with glasses, the, or, you know, VUX, I think it's, it's called, I don't know whether they go by Vox or VUX. I don't know. Um, but they had a couple folks from poly AI, core AI, a couple major players in there to have a you know panel discussion. That was fun. I believe. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I don't know. What about you? Um, I I think I, I stopped by a few of them, uh, not as many as I should have, and that that bothered. I realized afterwards that I I really should have spent more time with the vendors. Mm -hmm. um, but it was interesting to me to notice that GitHub was there. Right. They were pushing Copilot. OpenAI was there too. I actually missed OpenAI. Yeah. I didn't notice that. OpenAI was there. Microsoft was there. Of course, GitHub is Microsoft. Well, but GitHub had their own booth. I mean, it was right. a GitHub booth. It didn't say right. my. I don't think I saw it say Microsoft anywhere on it. Um, and of course, VoiceFlow was there. I think VoiceFlow had the more inter most interesting booth of them all, because why, really, why it was, well, it was they were just serving up mocktails. They 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 had no literature. Mm -hmm. They had no swag. They had people there, but. It was just a, it was just a bar. Nice. That's good. That's a good reason to to hang out there. Did you do anything? Because again, I did not um, hang out. Um, I had a lot going on that day and I'm local and I'm not traveling. So I had family obligations, that kind of stuff. What was, the, was there like a happy hour or something? There, like that? there was a dinner and happy hour, which was amazing. You know, I'm, I've got to give Pete and Modev really some some credit for mm -hmm. uh, what they did in terms of food. You know, this is this is a small side note here because you know, but I've been to conferences where the food is kind of, eh, it's coffee and a couple of donuts. Okay, they they did an incredibly good job with breakfast, lunch, and a real food meal during happy hour for for the uh for Wednesday night there you know it was so Pete and his team did really really went out of their way to to be good to uh the folks that were there so and then after that I understood there was a reception at a nearby bar which people attended late into the night or early oh. into the morning, depending on your perspective. Um, I did not attend that one. Uh, but again, I think it, that goes to the point of the hallway track, the networking, the people right, that were there. Right. You know, it was it was fantastic for me to go to some of the presentations and some of the sessions and see people that I knew and get a better understanding of what it is that they're working on they're and working doing. Yeah. Um and seeing a hundred or so other people 
learning from them. Um, you know, one of one of the sessions that I appreciated, I I still have some issues here, was uh, Roger Kibbe did a session on the second day about running your own LLM or running an open source LLM on your ah, machine. Yes. And uh, he and I have a, a, a long-standing set of issues on that front. I think so you and I do too. You and I, I do as I'm well. On his side. Um, and well, I, I'm I'm not against you guys. I agree with it. Just, you know, my perspective, and I've, I've said this before, I'll say it again. And actually, you know, this ties back to something that, that Pete said in his opening keynote. People are making analogies that LLMs are like the dawn of the mobile era or the dawn of the internet. And he makes a case, and I, it's one I strongly agree with, and I've made similar arguments, that this is more like the dawn of relational databases. I agree. And I because that was your um, analogy. It, it's similar to my analogy, but he said it on stage, and I want to give him full credit for it. Um, and, I, and I've said I want it to be like databases. Right. He said... This is, you know, the, the era is like the dawn of the databases and what they do. Because before relational databases, databases were custom designed for every application. You had a few standard ones that were out there, but they were big and they were complex. You had a database administrator who was responsible for running a database right. and everything involved in that and tuning it and making sure the queries ran okay and making sure you know, they were optimizing it you know that was their responsibility and now you know i can be a php programmer press a button and run a database press another button and load a bunch of tables into it and just use it i don't have to you know i need to know some things you know i need to know some things i need to know sql i need to know how to not to do stupid things with sql i need to know you know so there's there's some things that I need to learn, but it's well within the reach of most programmers. And we're not quite it's accessible. Yeah. Right. We're not quite there yet with LLMs. We're close. We're really close. You know, LLMs are now a tool that most programmers can easily access. You need to learn something. You need to learn how to write a prompt. But it's accessible, it's available. The, the parallel to running your own LLM is running your own database. You know, it's only been relatively recently that you've been able to just download MySQL and run it on your machine at home right. with a couple of clicks. That's simple. That's straightforward. So I would, to Roger's presentation, hoping to see the MySQL for LLMs. What did you come out with? We're not there yet. We're not. We're so that's if you're choosing to host an, a large language model internally, to host your embedding model internally. Right. Well, this, 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 this was, you know, how to run Llama 2. How, okay. to, take, how to take an open source um an open source an open source model right just like mysql is an open source database right how to take it and run it on your machine and i was literally hoping he was going to say here's the program that you run you then click on this and it's running 
We've had a show about this, by the way. We've had a show about this. We're going to have more, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Because we're not quite there. We're We're not quite there. We're close. We're darn close. I mean, what, what he showed was, he pointed out what the program was to run it. He said it offers an API. It offers a REST API. So, you know, it's there. And then he spent several minutes discussing which model you should download and exactly which parameters you're going to need and exactly how much quantization you would need to run on it and what your hardware needed to be to make sure you had a GPU. And we're not there. We're not there. We're we're tantalizingly close. And I I appreciate Roger for showing just how close we were. That's sort of step zero, what Roger showed. Step one is then sort of taking those concepts and buttressing that with a unique use case uh, for an enterprise context, whether it's information retrieval or automation and efficiency or whatever, if you're a marketing team, whatever. Well, I, I think that's going to be the bigger challenge that we start to see is what are, I'm not even sure that stuff, you know, I, I, I think we need to get it as a tool. The, and then we need the, to understand and that's where you, that's where your art this is where I was going with this is that's where your argument resonates with me because the types of customers that I deal with are it's a non-starter to pass tokens even if it's pseudonymized or whatever to pass proprietary private information out past out to the cloud Right. You, you you don't trust OpenAI with this. You yeah. barely trust Google with it. And you may not in a lot of, you know, there are good reasons right. not to in a lot of cases. Right. You know, my presentation, one of, the, one of the questions I asked was, why do we want to run an open source model? And mm-hmm. there are good reasons to run it. There is no doubt about that. Um, but, but there is a ridiculous amount of complexity that you introduce that I frankly think, because I'm a practitioner, right? Like I'm doing this for customers every week and I am caveating some of the architectural decisions that I'm recommending with a simple fact. Llama 2 is a fantastic model, yes. However, Llama 3 will come out tomorrow. And so we have to, you know, or not even Llama 2. Uh, we'll call it, you know, Elmo 3 comes out from another maker that has a completely different way to interact with the model. Prompts are structured differently. Uh, they may go the open AI route. You know, like you're basically adding a lot of complexity and you're then the development experience starts eroding in the sense that you're fighting the technology in order to tame it. Well, and where Amazon, Google, Cohere, um, name it, Anthropic, OpenAI are basically abstracting a lot of that for you. A lot of it, but not enough of it. And this is where I think things like Langchain Right. Are coming. And you and I have had this discussion, and it was the subject of my presentation, and I'm going to be talking about it a lot more, I'm sure. Is you know, that provides 
another abstraction that I think gets it even closer to where developers are used to today. You know, I don't think it's quite SQL, but I mean, you know, SQL was an abstraction. There were vendor uh, vendor specific additions to SQL, but largely SQL was, you know, I could learn it anywhere and take it to the various databases. It abstracted enough about the relational algebra away from the database that anybody could use it to continue torturing that analogy. Let's start wrapping it up with this. We saw a lot this time. What didn't you see? And what do you think we're going to see next year? Huh. Next year, we, we already we already have the dates for it. Well, two things. One, uh, and this I thought was amazing, was that Pete announced that he is doing a developer-focused conference. And uh, that, I believe, is aimed for some time in the spring. I don't think the dates oh. on that are public yet. or the, I don't think the details on that are public yet. Um, and Voice and AI 2024 will be uh, back in Arlington next year. Um, hopefully bigger. So what was missing this year that we hope to see in either one of those two conferences? What's what's the, the big takeaways that you think uh, need to be worked on between, you know, in, in the next year? Well, those are two separate questions. You know, what was okay, missing? That's fair. The big takeaways. Um, what was missing was the voice, at least, again, I have to caveat my answer with I did not visit enough booths. I did not go to enough sessions. But what was missing for me was enough about uh, the voice uh, part of voice and AI. There, there were there were elements there. There were certainly some sessions on it. Right. I feel like though that there the in you know three years you know in in 2019 the la, you know when uh, or even last year when this was talked about the focus on voice was very much you know what are we getting these smart speakers to do? Right. And there was no talk of smart speakers. No, none. None. And so what to the second part of your question is for next year, um, I would hope that the market influences the types of topics that I want to hear, which is more audio synthesis, um, the, you know, so text to voice, voice to text, voice to video, like whatever the, the other the modalities, modalities no, we, we, that. You know, Google Assistant, which we, you and I both, maybe you more than me, developed for, um, is not really the talk of the town. The 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 language models behind it are not transformer based. Um, they 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 seem in contra contrast to what we see today with Palm Two, very antiquated. If I ask it anything, it, yeah. it gives me a wall of blue links, that kind of stuff. I want to sort of see that evolve next year uh, to more if transformer based architectures are still the thing i want to see what that means for these de ambient devices that i'm um, not ambient but these devices that are no, they're, they're, I, I think of them as ambient ubiquitous I, yeah. devices yeah. yeah no definitely um so that's a, that's an excellent point i think you know 
I think the next couple of months, we're going to see what the stage is set for that. You know, uh, both Google and Amazon have hardware events coming up. And both have rumors that LLMs are going to be attached to their assistants. Um, so we'll see what they actually, and, and those would be prime times for them to announce something. So we'll, we'll see. Can I add one more that I just thought of yeah. that I'd like to see next year? Yeah. Google, if anyone from Google watches this, I'm going to see something about Dialogflow and where that's going. Well, that's interesting. Um, we've got other shows planned on some Dialogflow stuff. I'll be tuning in. So uh, there's, there's, I, I think that was something that was lacking a lot at this show was Google, you know, and I, I say this as a GDE, right. Google had almost no presence here, which uh, in some ways made sense. You know, they had just come off their, a big conference where they had released a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, so everyone who had just released all of that took a vacation. Um, but there was a lot of stuff announced, both for uh, both on a both aimed at developers and at what's the word I'm looking at, consumer enterprise levels. So you know, we talk about retrieval augmented generation. There were at least two products, if not more announced at next that solve yeah. that, that that basically make retrieval augmented generation a turnkey operation yep you dump files in you ask questions yep um it's that you know almost no tuning on your part right with an api though so you can you know so there um so we do need to you're you're right we do need to hear more about that but that's also traditional google marketing in play um <laughs> I think next year, and I, I think I said this on from a developer perspective, we're going, you know, this year, the developer perspective was all about how do you build retrieval augmented generation? How do you build stuff that uses prompts? Next year, you're still going to see some of that. But next year, it's going to be, how do we test this? Evaluate it. How do we, you know, there, there's more, you know, now that we're building it, how do we make it repeatable? How do we know that we're making it repeatable? How do we add reliability? How do we add all of the other stuff that we're used to when developing these things? You know, how do we design them? I think we're going to start seeing those answers next year. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's I think my big prediction for for what we see next year. And I hope that we have a, see Google making more of a name for themselves next year. All right, Google, if you're listening or watching. Your, so your any any final thoughts that you have about the conference? I, I think uh, it was um, well run. Um, kudos to um, Jamie and Pete and all the volunteers. Every, you know, you know, everyone who put together a yeoman's effort uh, for, you know, the, the attendees and, and this, of course, the speakers. Um, I have not been to a Modev event in maybe six or seven years, and and I rem I was reminded why, um, you know, Modev's still around, uh, and I hope that with this new focus uh, on a new sort of injection of enthusiasm about all things machine learning uh, or AI, 
um, that uh, next year will be even bigger and better. And uh, you just broke some news. I had no idea there was going to be a, de- a developer conference. And and so now I'm going to start lobbying to be part of that as well. Yeah, no, I uh, Pete mentioned it in his uh, in his opening keynote um, and uh, a couple of us cornered him later to try to get more information and uh, expect to see more details on that coming very soon because I I really hope I get to be part of that as well. So thanks again for joining me, Noble. And thanks again for, for being part of the, the Two Voice Devs Live and In-Person event. That was, uh, that was great. Um, as always, if folks have uh, comments, you, uh, you can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, comments below. We love to hear what you're, you're thinking and you're saying. It was great to see so many of you uh, at, at the conference itself. You know, it, one, one of the things that was great was uh, I was visiting one of the booths at one point and somebody said, there's half of the two voice devs. And I'm like, have we met before? And no, we hadn't. But this was a, a regular listener. Um, so shout out to you. Thank you, everyone who, who does listen and who gives us the feedback. Um, we really appreciate it. And we're glad you like the show. So uh, we hope to see you. We, we hope you enjoy this and every episode of Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, Noble. Have a great week. Thank you. And you too.